Hey everybody, welcome to Film House for this week. Today we're doing a spoiler heavy, that's a warning, discussion of all things this season of WandaVision from Disney Plus. James? I was just going to say, some of it will be spoiler heavy, but others will be spoiler low density. Okay. Because that's a vision reference. That's how this is going to go. Did you, you, if you want to take that <laughs> intro again, you, you can do it and I'll, I'll not say anything. <laughs> Hey everybody! Welcome to this film house. We're talking about Wandavision. Uh, I've been I've been looking forward to this because we're doing a deep dive on everything that happened in this season, and we're also looking forward forward to the implications of what we saw and what it means for the future of the MCU and some of the loose threads and questions that we still have remaining. And there's somebody that joined us today that I could not have thought of anyone better for this episode or anyone that I wanted to talk to more about Wandavision because she is not only just maybe one of the biggest comics experts that I know. Uh, she's also delightful. You've seen her on Geek and Sundry and The Nerdist. She's, she also streams her vast comics knowledge in games. And roommate, former roommate of James Willems, four years. I don't, I don't know how she did it, but <laughs> she did. Um, it's Amy Dallin. <laughs> hey, Amy. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. That was the best intro I will ever receive. Now I just have to live up to it. Uh, but I'm so thrilled to be here talking about the show, which turns out really fun. Uh, very excited to not be talking about like, boy, that first Disney Plus show really crashed and burned. So there's yes. that relief, there's that joy. And then uh, also it's just great to see y'all's faces. Oh it's great God. to see you too. And also I, I know that you were former DC Daily mm -hmm. crew. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I think that there's like a, there's probably a whole audience that loved you on that. That is like, oh, now Amy's going to talk about Marvel stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it just feels dirty. Finally. You know, <laughs> I always knew, though, I was I, I, I even when I'm at my most partisan, I'm like, I love this. And also all comics. That's yeah. just kind of you can't turn it off at a certain point. Yeah. Even the artsy fartsy literary ones. <laughs> <laughs> even Vertigo. Yeah. Heck, yeah. R.I.P. Vertigo. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we. I think we have so much to unpack because we mm -hmm. got nine episodes of what I really have been calling experimental MCU. Mm -hmm. it, it, it sort of felt to me like it was breaking with all the formulaic things that we've sort of come to know about Marvel. And I really love that about it. And so I wanted to ask you both just coming out of the season, your general opinions on what, what you thought of it. Go ahead, Amy. After you, I insist. I will say, I, broadly speaking, I'm incredibly happy. Uh, I have loved those characters for a very long time. Uh, they stacked the rest of the cast with just all of my faves to like a, a targeted extent. They were just like, mm, what would Amy like? That's who we'll put in this show. <laughs> uh, it, it, so it was sort of unreasonably pleasant in that aspect. I loved... Like, the execution was just so strong on so much of what they were going for with the themes. Like, we'll get into all of the, like, there are things here and there that I might have done differently or was rooting for to go a different way. But just watching the entire world fall in love with Wanda and Vision, that's not something... Somehow we're over 10 years into this Marvel journey and I'm still not over the I can't believe everyone cares about this stuff that we've always cared about. Like, that isn't wearing off because they keep finding weirder things to reach for uh, and and somehow delivering that. So pretty, pretty, a pretty joyful experience for me, even if I cried through the last three episodes. <laughs> I think we all did. James, <laughs> uh, I, I believe you probably felt exactly the same as Amy. Uh, 
I, you know, honestly, Ooh. like, hold on. No, <laughs> I don't no, like no. the way this is. In a lot of ways, yes. In a lot of ways, yes. And like, we're, we're probably going to dig into it more. But if, if the goal of this show was to, number one, condition the Marvel cinematic audience into watching something on a weekly episodic basis, mm. it absolutely succeeded in that. And if the other part of the show was to get me excited for the next phase of what's going to come down the Marvel pipeline. It definitely did that too. Um, and it took two characters who like Amy actually like was kind of Amy alluding to on. Yeah. completely background these. It, when I watch infinity war, that scene, it, that scene of them in the hotel room, I was like, let's just come on. Where's Corpus Glaive or whatever? Or show, oh. Proxima Midnight. Well, that's <laughs> if we can fast forward to when they show up, then I'll, then I'll that get That was when I went again. to the bathroom. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like like those i get it those are moments for people who have that but the, the cinematic universe didn't really sell their relationship mm. it, to me in in a meaningful way but i'm all about them like and i think if that was the primary objective of this show which it probably should have been it succeeded completely yeah from there i had i did have issues with some of the execution of the show and, and and mostly again and this it sucks because you can make eight episodes of something great and then the ninth episode feels like maybe it missed the mark for you personally and then you and then you're like looking back on the rest of it and you're like ah, ah, a little frustrated sure, sure. so there's a little frustration there that we can dig into but again no the show was a hu was hugely successful every single week i was tuning in like it, like we stayed up we actually stayed up past midnight a couple times which we're <laughs> old people and that doesn't normally happen for us so that way we could get our wandavision fix and when you think of the slate that they've been talking about when you, that huge line of movies that are to come and wandavision was on there it's like pfft, like, no, I don't care. But if this is the one that I wasn't going to care about, then I'm really excited for what they're going to do next. Amy, the you way know? you phrased it was that the, you said, I'm so glad that the world is falling in love with these characters we we love. And I assume, did you mean that because you had like the prior comics knowledge to really enjoy yes. them to the fullest? And and that, that made it easy. So for me, watching Infinity War, it was not... Like for some people, it was like, well, that was out of nowhere. And for for me and some others, we were like, finally, Wanda and Vision, uh, you know, mm -hmm. so that's it's kind of a different experience. But what you alluded to, James, they they have to sell you inside the world that they're presenting. They can't rely on being like, I sure hope you already love these two as a couple. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I love that. I, I, I feel like you are far from alone. A lot of people who hadn't yet felt invested in those two really got on board because they showed them off in this series. But like, yes, I, I've always loved those characters in the comics. They have uh, rough, horrible histories. Uh, there's it's, it's comics, so just all kinds of shenanigans happen to people when you're around in comics for several decades. And Wanda and Vision are sort of two prize holders in that department, uh, which meant, you know, strapping in for this series, it was very much in, in some ways we knew what was coming. We were like, well, all right, whatever's about to happen, it's going to be devastating and I can't wait. But at least what and did some you think? I, I really, really loved the show infinitely more than I could have ever possibly imagined that I would like this kind of content. I think like James, I was very much in the camp of these are maybe two of the characters in the MCU that I find the least relatable or interesting in following their stories. I, and I not having the prior comics background, my only background was with the vision family. 
uh, I'd never read anything with Scarlet Witch. So I felt also like these characters were shoehorned into romantic relationship because I didn't know mm. that they had this wealth of backstory in the comics. And to me, and I think for a lot of other people, this felt like a retconning origin story for um, more for Wanda, I would say. Sure. Like just I mean, I know, and I know that they they did that on, you know, actually on paper. They were like, OK, well, in the, you know, in Age of Ultron or whatever, we established her as getting her powers from Hydra or whatever. I think it was Hydra, right? It was a, a project that was part of or connected to Hydra. Yeah, it's all yeah. tied together. But yeah, not not unconnected to Hydra, which is not a great uh, background to, <laughs> yeah. to come in with. But yeah. yeah, but they but then in this they were, they were like, OK, no, let's 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 rethink that story and give some more depth to it and say, well, she was she wasn't a mutant, but she are which a lot of people I think were also thinking might come up. But mm -hmm. she, because I know one of the things that I crossed my fingers for was a Magneto cameo, mm -hmm. which didn't happen. But I guess we'll talk about that later. And though mm -hmm. I did, I did appreciate, oh, no, she is, she is the Scarlet Witch, which innately magical. Mm -hmm. And then this, you know, the testing activated her powers or what mm -hmm. have you. And I think that, that gives her and her story and her connection, especially her connection to the Mind Stone and what that means for her relationship with Vision, so much more depth to me. Like, I... I loved it um, very, very much. <laughs> I, I think yeah, it was so sure. smart to make that retcon, I think, to to deepen out her past, to let her be sort of more her own thing, to maybe open the door to those other revelations later. Maybe not, but now that, that door being cracked open, they have territory to play with. And it also, for comic book fans, it it's... <laughs> It is the kind of retcon that hits us as like, yes, it is good and normal if Scarlet Witch is having her backstory rewritten because that basically happens to her every other decade. Uh, mm -hmm. It is it is almost a like, yeah, we're, she's had several sets of parents over the years. Uh, mm -hmm. Finding out, oh, never mind, actually this is what you and your powers are about. It's what It becomes almost this meta commentary of like, she keeps changing the world around her and also her own reality keeps getting changed by meta forces. And I know that's probably not how they came up with the we're going to do this sitcom rewriting premise, but it just accidentally works on so many levels. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, sorry, oh, James. I was just going to say to the to the sitcom writing premise, I actually felt that the, I I don't know about either of you, but I never felt like Wanda was fun in the MC. She was never a character that that got to be fun, in Didn't my opinion. No, no. But mm -hmm. then in, but then you put her in this this sitcom uh, format, which I know is you know there's bigger themes at play, which is her dealing her it's her coping mechanism mm -hmm. and her way to preserve her little world and create her idyllic world. But it also felt to me like it was an opportunity to actually make Wanda a fun character with funny moments mm. and goofs and like let Elizabeth Olsen flex in that way beyond just she's this very like stern Eastern European character that sometimes waves her arms around and is sad. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I thought that was great. Well, I think like speaking of how much fun she was, right, there was an interesting thing that I noticed from the audience for the first three episodes because the first three episodes are are basically just not even parodies. They are v very genuine recreations of those types of sitcoms for the time in which they mm. are set. Right. Like and I, I will say this as someone who's always hoping MCU kind of breaks their mold and does something different and tries new things. I was like loving mm -hmm. those three. And and because 
they were just genuinely good sitcoms. <laughs> they were like genuinely good sitcoms. Like those would be the episodes. Oh, this is a classic episode of I Love Lucy or like or Dick Van Dyke or whatever. Like they were just genuinely good, memorable episodes, well written and well performed. And I was a little I was a little like I'm surprised that they thought it was that they would be able to get away with maybe three and a half minutes of alluding to something <laughs> greater um, outside of all of it. Like and and the audience reaction did seem to be kind of skewed in that way. Right. Like, so I would go online and I'd see people that are like, I just don't get this show. Why is it just an old sitcom? And other people that were like, I love it. I was on the I love it side. Um, but then there were other people that were like, why are they just making an old sitcom for three episodes? It's a show I want lost or whatever. Um, so I'm just curious what you guys thought, because I was all about it. Like, <laughs> I just wanted to see more and more of that show. And actually, in some ways, as it got further and further away from what those first three were, I was like, oh, but I love those are so good. So genuinely good with the themes and everything. Like, like, dip the back in for 10 more of those and then we'll move the story forward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah, I could have just I could have just done the sitcom recreation show with Marvel characters. And sometimes <laughs> there's a little bit of a wink and a nod. I don't know about yeah. you, Amy. I, I was having a great time with that stuff, so I was not in any hurry to get to the other things. I, I do think they found, I think, probably a good balance because folks who were showing up for the Marvel Universe and for all of that stuff, uh, I know, like, I could understand being like, would would really love, you know, we, we've understood that we're inside this reality and it's not yet clear how this is sort of pushing her character forward, and I didn't mind that it was a slow burn at all, but it did make mm -hmm. sense... Um, I don't know if y'all had a chance to hear, I guess Matt Shackman, the director, yeah. um, went on Kevin Smith's podcast. And one of the things that he mentioned is that they were running so close to running out of time for the season that, like, they were going to have to deliver the finale, like, two weeks before it went up or something. And mm. I, I believe, if I, if I understood this correctly, he said they had originally planned to drop the first three in a row. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Instead of just the first two. And one of the interesting things about watching those first two is that we were like, wow, they really didn't break for those first two. Mm -hmm. They left us for a whole week before they broke it. And it kind of makes sense that they had actually planned to take to you break up it. through Monica getting thrown out of the hex um, yeah. on that first dump, which would have been like, I feel like for the folks who felt a little lost at that structure, mm -hmm. I think they had anticipated that feeling probably in planning mm -hmm. it that way. But as it yeah. turns out, I didn't mind at all. I would have spent tons of time in that. that. Yeah, yeah. That makes yeah. so much sense because I was watching those first episodes thinking this could get a little bit weirder than what it is for me because I, I was sort of thinking of Legion and sure, thinking sure. like I did like how Legion was dark and weird. I'm glad that you mentioned Matt Shackman because I was looking into his backstory that he directed the season and I didn't know that he he was basically a sitcom child actor turned director so he and he sort of just learned this yeah and he's basically every sort of genre that he tackled in WandaVision including like big budget action sequence like he's done because he directed like Game of Thrones episodes he mm -hmm. he's done he's done the grief he did six feet under so he's tackled like the heavy drama mm -hmm. grief and even a like of it's always sunny apparently yeah and even uh like all he was he was a child star in Oliver Bean which was like a Malcolm in the Middle clone at the time like mm -hmm. this guy this guy he you know and of course like the, he was on Growing Pains and stuff so like he sort of ran the gamut of like all the the genres that like I, I just thought that was such a cool mm -hmm. choice of somebody to helmet. You know, or at least direct it because Jack Schaefer was the showrunner. Mm, bless mm -hmm. her name. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, she's, she's great too, because I was reading a bunch of interviews with her and I think a lot of her, you know, something that, that maybe people were disappointed about with the show was the show did have quite a few like red herrings. And there were things that I think people expected to be set up in the MCU. They expected this show, after starting it, to directly set up the multiverse, to directly introduce uh, Mephisto. (laughs) I feel like I say his name wrong. (laughs) Mephisto as like a big baddie, you know, Thanos proportions. And it didn't do that, that. And her sort of stance on it is like, I was just invested in telling the story of these characters. You know, I wasn't worried about setting up those things because that will happen. And that's not what the purpose of this show is. And I really like that she took that approach to it. Yeah, for sure. I, I And I think it definitely plays in this series um, because again, theoretically there's no season two, right? Like it's, it's, it's a standalone right. series, which, which means you can well, open there and might close be. things. There might be. She there was asked be. and she said, she said with Mar, she said, I can't say anything, but with Marvel, you know, I, I don't mean, say yeah. never, you know, it was well, kind of her if response. I had, if I had a seven figure, like, no, come back next year. Yeah. Or a seven, eight figure paycheck on the line. I would also go, the door is always open <laughs> as well. Um, but like there's, so there's a possibility, but it feels like, yeah, it came in with the intention of going, we got one shot at this. Obviously the Marvel cinematic universe is more complex because there were things in the show that they were like, this will get sorted out later, which is something a luxury that you don't get on a BBC series where, you know, <laughs> like you have to open and close things like you don't get to just go. Eh, this will get sorted out by someone else further down the line. Let's kick this can. Um, but uh, but yeah, it did such a really great job of of selling the premise and stuff like that. I did. Again, I don't know if we want to get into it, but I did have some issues. We've been very glowing on it. So mm. there well, are some things. Let's that do it. did kind of bother me. Because I think okay. I know where you're going. And I think one of those things is kind of a red herring that the show did. Is that is it Evan P? Is it Pietro Quicksilver? Well, no, I mean, I, I'll say this. When Evan Peters showed up, because we do this thing in our household where Elise <laughs> reads every single spoiler and then tells me <laughs> she knows everything about the show. And I'm like, well, don't tell me anything because that's not how I want to watch it or enjoy it at all. So obviously Elise. there was news... <laughs> swirling about about surprises that were going to happen in the season and stuff like that and and for me the evan peters reveal was the most gasp inducing moment in television since probably the red wedding in like game (laughs) of thrones where i was like there's no way i could have seen this coming this is such a twist and not because i think that it is the best executed that's another one of those things where in the last episode I was hoping for more of a payoff of what it actually meant. Um, and it wasn't, but, but knowing the business, it meant a whole lot for me. And Evan Peters is my Quicksilver. We all know that. Okay. <laughs> he was the most um, fun. <laughs> he was, and no, nothing against Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson, but he didn't really get a lot to play with in his, you know, 15 minutes appearance in, uh, Age of Ultron as just a guy in a tracksuit kind of. Evan Peters <laughs> has always injected personality into the role of of Quicksilver and like he him on American Horror Story just as an actor he's he chews up scenes and he was the perfect addition to this right as opposed to the more stoic version of Quicksilver from the MCU and also again what it implies about their intentions right which is great. So I think they I. 
this this part makes me sad to talk about because I do think like the the Evan Peters moment is probably one of the only major uh I you know feels like a misstep for me in a show that I really loved. Uh, mm -hmm. Not that he didn't do a great job because he did a great job. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's just that, James, I, I also, that was one of the big gasp moments for me in all of TV. I try really hard to avoid spoilers, so I did mm -hmm. not know that was coming. Uh, I knew. And while... <laughs> Of course. I had read it three weeks prior because the dub actor had leaked it. And I have it. to sleep next to this woman. <laughs> <laughs> the evil's coming from inside the house. Um, mm -hmm. But the the it was a huge moment. And for me, like, a lot of the other things that people felt unsatisfied by from the show, I felt sort of like, the show never promised you that. So I can, you know, I understand hoping it had gone that way, but I didn't feel the show promised you that. And Evan Peters is the one thing where... I get, I like a lot of what they've said about what they were going for, that recasting is a nod to sitcom history and the two Darrens on Bewitched and all that stuff, that mm -hmm. accepting him corresponded to some of Wanda's bargaining phase, where she's like, I will take this close enough brother. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, that he brought a lot of the right sitcom energy to be the sort of screw-up uncle. Wacky, like, all yeah. All of that mm -hmm. is true, but choosing the other Quicksilver has tremendous meaning for us in the audience, and they know that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I, I spent the weeks after that reveal in sort of a mix of joy and terror as I tried to figure out what it meant for the Marvel Universe because there are a lot of canon issues uh, to be considered. Like, you know, I love a lot of the Fox movies, but they aren't even consistent to themselves. So what mm -hmm. does that cause when you try to import a version of them? What will it mean for the future? And the mm -hmm. fact... I think it's the right decision to say that answering those questions is not the job of this show, which is about Wanda and Vision. But then in that case, I, I do feel like they maybe underestimated how much they were promising with that choice. Um, and it sort of surprises me given how much care they take with things. And I will happily eat these words if in a couple of years when they uh, unveil Reintroduce the rest of him. their plan, it works mm -hmm. perfectly. But that was one of the, one of the major things that I was like, mm, okay. I'm not sure I love that in the end, even though you did a and, great job. And even though I was thrilled well, to see any Quicksilver again, because sorry, not to put, to put back on my comic book fan hat, I love the MCU, but it has always bugged me that we don't get to watch Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver be brother and sister because I love sibling relationships in fiction, mm -hmm. and they in the comics are one of my favorite dynamics. And while I understand intellectually that people have to die to give movies stakes, I will be mad about it every time forever. Mm -hmm. um, and that yeah. was one that I was just like, oh, but we don't get. So it meant a lot to me to get that acknowledged and get that space in it. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's but, the thing. Yeah. I mean, I bet you were, I bet you were just slapping your knee when it all boiled to that boner joke. <laughs> the, well, that's, so I was going to say, which is one of those things that kind of happened transpired in the last episode where I was like, they, that, that was them walking it back. Right. Like kind of what you're saying, Amy, it's like, we know the ramifications of this, but we're going to diminish it in the last episode. But it, the, the solution that they came up with to diminish things didn't feel like it was worth it like like it's like wait a minute he's an actor but i'm like but i'm like except it's in a town full of people who are all playing parts that they are not actually like yeah. none of them are those what? things so what does him being an actor have to do with like it was such a weird th he could have been so, just a regular kid and she just see, looks around at like him winning soccer trophies or something like that and be like oh god he's just a, he's just a pawn in all this the fact that he had a headshot in there seemed like it was 
It was just to counter the movement that you're describing, mm. Amy, that they put on the audience, right? Like to really, oh no, Evan Peters, Evan Peters isn't our Quicksilver. He's mm-hmm. just an actor. James and to, he, he's as insignificant as Ralph Boner in all to, this, to that but we're point, glad to have him. One know? of the yeah. theories that I saw floating around online that, that someone came up with was, oh, well, maybe he's who Jimmy Woo was referring to when he said that he was there for someone in the witness protection program. Maybe Ralph Boner is in the witness protection program, which is not a theory mm-hmm. that I, I personally like or give a lot of credence to. That was that was another kind of loose end or red herring mm-hmm. that sort of popped up was like that. And then like, you know, Monica's aerospace engineer friend who everyone was like, it's Reed Richards. This is how they're introducing Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. John Krasinski yeah, yeah. is going to pop out of that manhole next time. And, <laughs> and he's going to wow us. excitement for that. And I get the fact that like, look, the, the Marvel Universe does pull cool surprises on us on the regular. Mm-hmm. And that is why we look for cool surprises. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't, the, I'm not a person who was disappointed that this was not an FF intro because again, the show had a lot of work to do. And mm-hmm. also because I'm a Monica Rambeau stan. So I was perfectly happy with how that all went. Um, yeah. Yeah, the the show did some heavy lifting already, like opening up Wanda to be in Doctor Strange uh, 2, introducing Monica, Mm. um, like setting up the idea even of, of, you know, magic in this capacity. Like it did a lot of heavy lifting, like like you're saying. Well, for sure. And I think we've also seen kind of what happens. It's in movies, but what happens when some of these Marvel films and properties try and only serve the needs of what's yet yet to come you know like you get you get iron man twos you get like you get these transitional films which can be enjoyable but ultimately you watch them and you're like i don't know really what this did for tony stark in a lot of like this was more about like setting up the avengers they were just trying to get to that starting line as opposed to getting to their own finishing line um and so i'm very i'm really glad and yeah i think i think people are so not used to watching weekly television like this anymore. Mm. Like, and I'm glad that it was done this way, but I think it breeds this. I I always think back to True Detective. Do you remember True Detective season one? Like the spiraling theories for that show were insane. We're insane. And it must have been wild for the showrunners and writers to watch that and go like, wait, hold on, wait. They're pulling some production art that we just threw up on a child's bedroom wall and trying to draw conclusions about who the Yellow King is. Like, are you like you have so much time and energy to devote to this show? I feel bad for the showrunner that almost as like a, uh, you know, precursor to the finale has to make a statement and say, I know people are going to be disappointed. Like people worked really hard and and had passion for it. And it's really sad when you have to see that. and and also you compound that with with quotes from the actors that are completely pulled out of context. You know, like like someone basically sits sits uh, um, Elizabeth Olsen down for an interview and says like, "Do you think you'll have a cameo that's bigger than the Mandalorian?" And she's like, "I don't know." And they're like, "Cameo bigger than the like they like I they mean, basically lead uh, the question in." So that so way I try to no be. Way. I try to be adult about it, but in my heart of hearts, I was really sad that Magneto never showed up because I was really hoping <laughs> that yeah. he would. I was, I mean, I was genuinely surprised by the Evan Peters thing again. So I like the satisfaction of like, you got me, you got me with something halfway <laughs> through this show. You got, cause the, I think there were also a lot of people that when they got to episode four were like, oh shit she's making this world. Whereas for me watching the show, I was like, well, if you've seen any trailer, if you know anything about this character, let's like, 
she's making this world. Like, I don't know what else he thought was happening. It so. is interesting because the, the show is very much a weirdness and mystery show, but it's also a rare one in that sort of, in some sense, you kind of knew going in what was up, even though you didn't exactly know what or how or why. Uh, and that is partly like comic book side where sort of mm. we're like, it's Tuesday. Wanda's creating a fake reality because she said, um, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and it, it, so in that sense, the the ways that it unfolded over time were more of a mystery. And I know that there were some folks who were like, I would have liked more genuine, I have no idea how this could wrap up. I was pretty happy with the like, as soon as you figure out what's going on, whether that's right at the commercials or partway through, then you know eventually she's going to have to give it up. And just watching that tragic arc play out, I think, is a, very, very satisfying, um, especially mm -hmm. with the supporting characters around her and, like, that inc I surprisingly successful. Okay, can I detour? Can I just please, yeah. please. I'm so sorry. Y'all, yeah. you, you Like Doctor Strange driving around a cliff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just, <laughs> just go I, for it, Amy. <laughs> I want to talk about uh, the basic the basic premise as it reflects on, on Wanda and sort of the various ideas of whether you did or didn't want somebody else to be involved and, and your basic reaction to the trauma plotline. Because um, I think overall, like, it was incredibly effective. One thing that surprised me is that up through basically the Agatha reveal, I was still hardcore hoping, uh, and I know not everybody was with me on this, but I was hardcore hoping that there was someone else involved. Not because I thought that it needed like a Mephisto level villain to make it worth mm -hmm. my time, and not because I didn't love the trauma and emotional storytelling they were doing, but mm -hmm. because, uh, what was it? I think, oh, I think it was Charles Pulliam from io9 who talked about Wanda's comic book history of being, quote, like a, a conveniently unstable plot device. Mm -hmm. And it was like, mm -hmm. you know, House of M in the comics is a great story, but it's basically great for everybody else and not so great for Wanda. She's just kind of like been forced to break bad to make this story happen. Um, and that kind of has happened to her a lot over time. And usually they try to sort of weave it in with something emotional. But one of the things that I loved about uh, Alan Heinberg and Jim Chung's Avengers, Young Avengers, The Children's Crusade, uh, is like an entire series kind of devoted to sort of rescuing her from like what had been sort of done to her on kind of a moral and character level for being sort of casually devastating to everybody else. Um, and mm -hmm. so... I, one of the reactions I had coming out of the finale is that, like, to my great surprise, they really got me on board with the Wanda's doing it herself when I hadn't expected it because they just, the, the flashback episode was sort of the best version of this that I'd ever seen and the first one that really made it about her uh, so that it's like, well, you know, I guess... That's a valid story to tell. It doesn't have to just be plot devices mm -hmm. to move other people forward. It can be a, like, you were real sad and you did a bad thing. But for me, mm -hmm. if you lose control of your powers and you accidentally kidnap a town and somebody else has to get superpowers to come in and rescue you, that is a sympathetic supervillain story in their hero story. And they gave me that mm -hmm. with Monica, which I love. Yeah. Uh, but mm -hmm. it's like... That's the recipe for a Spider-Man villain. I was very sad and kind of didn't mean to do this, and now you got to rescue all these people. Um, and it's 
there, I, I've, I've already, I'm still revolving how I felt about it, but my initial reaction was I was like, was she really, they let her off the hook in that last yeah. one yes, to a surprising I was, extent. I was going to ask, like, um, how did you feel about, you know, the Wanda walk of shame and then Monica <laughs> saying, they'll never know what you sacrificed? Because I was like, well... Yeah, excuse me? Yeah. You, you kind of tortured this whole town. <laughs> I peed my pants five times a day while mowing the lawn. <laughs> it, so, so that was, I'm going, I look, it's tough to sort of be like, I imagine that maybe if things have been different, I wonder if those are some scenes that like they ran out of time for a little bit where mm -hmm. like really letting it sink in because both, there should have been a a little more time for Wanda to sort of recognize, oh my God, I did to you what I am having to do to myself. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. Like, and that's a real human story. I didn't mm -hmm. mean to, and I'm sorry. Um, but they didn't have a ton of time for that, nor did they have time for the for a mixed reaction from the townsfolk to be sort of like, we're mad, but like none of them get to be like, and what about your kids? And be like, oh, mm -hmm. those, those yeah. sweet kids that we met? Oh my, because you could understand a variety of reactions from them. Some of them, like, you know, it's true that, you can't make them forgive you because that's not how that works. But like mm -hmm. it was, she does eventually deliver an apology. She gives it to Monica. Now Monica's kind of been sort of the, the like the moral center and the one rooting for Mo Wanda to be her best self, which is again, like I eat that up. That's my favorite hero mm -hmm. thing is like, I believe in you. I believe you're better than this. Like I'll watch that story forever and ever, over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, and so in that sense, Monica seeing the best in her, I loved. But it was sort of a like, we didn't have time for the making amends scene. So you're just going to tell Monica you're sorry and then leave. I don't know. Yeah. What did y'all think? I mean, I, I could, everything you just said is like completely. <laughs> yeah, it's like, more eloquent you know, than any way I could have it, summarized. That, yeah, with much <laughs> more context there. than I could ever possibly apply. I think that's that's 100% whatever I was feeling during the last episode that I probably couldn't have articulated as well as you just did. <laughs> like, there, it did seem like. Some of it, I'm sure, is to serve a greater good. You may see, because in, if this were just a show, I'm sure they would be like 10 episodes and we're going to deal with that because they knew how. Like the, the show is smart. There is so the smart. worst when you're watching something, and you're like, I think this is dumb. Like, that's what really sucks. I never felt that way watching this show. Mm. It felt they were like, no, we we're it's a way smarter show than me. I loved watching it and eating it up. But it did feel like it is part of something that's bigger than this. And and so it was 100 percent not just a show to serve something else. But I do think that there's a world where you're watching the ending and especially the second end credits sting. And you're like, she's probably going to have to tackle this later on. Yeah. And actually, this is a great you point. Know? This is a great starting point because I want to talk about what's next. And I think this leads directly into that because I have a question mm -hmm. for you guys. So we're going to talk about going forward now, what this looks like, how we can incorporate what we've taken from WandaVision into the MCU. But first, a word from our sponsors. The curators at Bespoke Post have made this winter all the more stylish and comfortable with an all-new lineup of essential box of awesome collections guaranteed to upgrade your life. Whether it's to showcase pieces to level up your indoor hosting skills or cozy threads for those blustery days, Bespoke Post only sends the best stuff every month. No matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. From style and grooming goods to barware, cook tools, and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. Uh, they have really, really great getaway bags, which I know we're not really traveling much right now, but when we do, you'll have your Box of Awesome bag to do it with. They have great kitchenware and really stylish decanters and glasses and stuff like that. 
things that you wouldn't normally find on like your regular department store shelf. Cool curated stuff. To get started, you can take the quiz at boxofawesome.com and your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories and it's free to sign up. You can cancel a month or postpone anytime. Each box uh, costs only 45 bucks but has $70 worth of gear in it, so it's a great deal. And right now you can get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code FILMHOUSE at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code FILMHOUSE, F-I-L-M-H-A-U-S, for 20% off your first box. Thank you, Box of Awesome. Foodie Ranger is the beer that doesn't take itself too seriously, and neither should you. It's the beer that you pick based on the can design alone that doesn't disappoint, and I can tell you that's something that I, a very novice beer drinker, do when I go to the store is I look at the novelty designs and like goofy gimmicks and stuff, and that's what I go for. But in this case, Foodie Ranger is the actual beer that has a fun design and delivers when it comes to taste. I like Captain Dynamite. Um, It's more of a hazy IPA, but you have tropical notes and flavors, which I really like. Um, So if you have never tried Voodoo Ranger, I welcome you. Visit at Voodoo Ranger on Instagram and Twitter to hear more. And don't forget to live rangerously, which is a slogan that I really, really love. (laughs) So thank you, Voodoo Ranger. And yeah, live rangerously. Amy, you you touched on it there. Uh, You know, I think that not we didn't really see wanda necessarily be redeemed like i and i think that i don't i couldn't tell if the show failed at redeeming her or maybe that wasn't the point maybe maybe wanda is now in this morally ambiguous gray zone she's you know we saw her in the end credits scene scene reading the dark hold uh and sure. she's we're, we're setting her up to be in dr strange 2 uh the multiverse of madness like it's already confirmed she's going to be in that so mm-hmm. maybe Maybe Wanda is not going to be a purely up and up white, you know, knighting superhero that we know the synopsis of Doctor Strange is that he'll be researching the time stone and facing off against an old friend turned enemy and unspeakable evil. And a lot of people are assuming that this would be, uh, oh man, I'm going to butcher his name. Chuetel Ejiofor. Oh my God, Amy. (laughs) <laughs> this is why you're like a voice actress and singer and i'm like Ugh. um but like facing that you know he'd be facing off against mordo who was his friend and they kind of mm-hmm. set that up at the end of the first doctor strange but then yeah. i think that there's a there's potential that he's gonna maybe try to uh you know con- uh find ground with wanda too well but but i mean you and you were you were talking about it right there too with the, with what is wanda gonna be in this series going forward it, it's and then building off what Amy just said, it's like, okay, well, she didn't walk away from this going like, my powers can hurt people. Like, that's mm-hmm. generally the reaction in a lot of ways, especially like with hands. villains or with heroes or whatever. It's like, it's like I didn't mean to do that. I'm, re- I'm remorseful and these powers can't hurt people. But then in the finals, the end credits tag, it's her. She's like, how can I get more powerful? Like, it's like, <laughs> it's like kind of where it leaves off. She's like, she's like, no. Nah. I'm just going to drink a coffee, have like an eat, pray, love out in the woods and like and like really learn how to get super strong. And that's that's a different take, right? Like that's definitely doesn't seem like she's having her dark night of the soul. Yeah, but I, I also I wouldn't be thrilled with the direction of like, you know, and the moral of the story is that the powerful lady just shouldn't have so much power. Oh, you yeah, know, that, for sure. And, for sure. and that again, I'm referring more to sort of some of the anti the the 
Antecedents? What am I trying to say? Uh, I think that's the opposite of what I mean. The things that came before um, mm -hmm. in the comics uh, tended to fall a little more into that, I think, than what they've done, which is much more sort of thoughtful and responsible in the MCU. Um, and she's obviously been walking down this path of, like, accidentally causing harm in Civil War. Mm -hmm. um, and being a reformed villain is a is the actual comic book origin of the Scarlet Witch. So in that sense, it's kind of classic. But, like, I am curious how they will walk the line of being like, I, it, will, will she be a full-on villain in Doctor Strange? What did or didn't she learn? I don't think I will personally be thrilled if she's a villain, but also mm -hmm, I same. guess I understand that conflict needs to exist for and, stories. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it was me and, 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 and someone said to me, like, this text says that your power exceeds that of the Sorcerer Supreme and you're destined to destroy the world, I'd be like, let me read that again for a second. Yeah, <laughs> like, what did like, that yeah. say? <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and I think we've seen we've seen the the spool back up happen a lot in the MCU in general. Like, I mean, my favorite, my personal favorite MCU film is Thor Ragnarok, <laughs> and and I love watching it. But it is hard to watch because it's immediately followed by Infinity War yeah. narratively, <laughs> where it's like we've saved the people and I've learned how to be your leader. The next time you see them, that <laughs> ship has been eviscerated and like most of them are dead. And it's like not even dead in a snapped kind of way. Dead oh. in like a brutalized, dead, dead. not coming back, they're dead, dead kind of way. And I'm like, I'm like, oh gosh. Like so and again, thinking about the industry side of things, they were like, Taika, wherever you wanna end it is fine. Not knowing that someone was gonna come in afterwards with a bulldozer and just like yeah. smash it down. So I the hope I and hope dangers that of interconnected storytelling. I, I hope that WandaVision doesn't, I don't think it will too much, too much effort was put into this show too much. Like the, and they, I think they probably hopefully see a future, especially with how successful this show was like in this kind of medium that I don't think that they would do that. This is not like an agents of shield where it's like, you guys get your own corner to play in and, right. and you get to do as much as you want to with that corner. Um, so I think there will be ramifications. I don't think that they're going to steamroll it, but like it is always a quiet fear of mine is like, they're like, well, you know, it's just, it's for the greater good. We got a bit, we got Mephisto to fight. You know, like, you know how it is. <laughs> um, so I don't know that. I, I don't know how I feel about that, but yeah. I would love to see sort of a, a, a series of parody comics about the characters finding out what they're going to do in the next movie and being like, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like Hawkeye's just like I I killed how many people I what it wow yeah. okay yeah. I do so what with my hair that. yeah because <laughs> why again <laughs> Linda Carnalini disappeared oh, all right sure well she is rad so on some level She's great. you know I get it yeah, yeah I love her yeah um but yeah it's 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 definitely setting up stuff I mean I was already super excited I I wasn't a huge fan of the first Doctor Strange film same um. And I thought visually it was like fantastic casting wise. Great. Um, but like I wasn't I wasn't like it didn't sell me on Doctor Strange. I didn't really buy in on him until the uh, the Infinity War films. And, and like he just kind of got to be more of a major player. But it seems like uh, the multiverse of madness is like they're like, no, who cares? We're just going we're just going to dive deep into this care. We don't have to intro. And I think that's a lot of cases. So you saw that with like ant-man versus ant-man and the wasp sure. we got to intro this intro this character so that way uh the people in ohio really like this person you know <laughs> and then and then afterwards once they're bought in we can kind of do whatever we want to i mean thor has two pretty mediocre films followed by my favorite in the whole we series them. they're better than you remember I <laughs> dark world dark world is better well 
well, better than uh, you remember it being. I mean, uh, here's my favorite story about Dark World is Elise and I watched it and we watched it on a digital platform and we got 45, 50 minutes into that movie before we realized there were supposed to be subtitles turned on for, for the, the Dark, Dark Elves. <laughs> for those scenes. <laughs> And we, but we didn't notice. We didn't notice. We just notice. thought there was and supposed was to like, be one. We were supposed like, to oh, infer. I feel like we probably sh- should have known what yeah. was going on there. Well, like, like really but it just... visual storytelling for this piece. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, something but, that yeah. this show leaves as a loose end, and I think rightfully so, because this is the story of red vision and not white vision. Mm. Uh, but it, it, you know, vision, white vision after red vision, as I'll call him, or I guess maybe like vanilla vision. Uh, like, I like Vanilla Vision. That's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, after Wait, no, he... but is Vanilla Vision the one that's colored white or the one that we think of as the original? Oh, no. <laughs> it's even Uh-oh. more confusing. Which one's Theseus? Um, yeah, which is the, <laughs> that is the question, which I, I love that they incorporated that. It feels mm. maybe a little bit like cliche and, and cheesy, but, but I, I loved it. I, I can watch was... infinite number yeah. of robot logic loop fights. I, yeah. I yeah, love yeah. them. Like <laughs> Same, yeah. you know, elaborate. Um, I... I really liked the the idea that they resolved it the way they did and you know with giving white vision those uh, opening those memories but then he took mm-hmm. off into the sky unbeknownst to where he's going and uh you know i was just kind of like reading different theories about it and sort of the the big one that i that i saw a lot of people pointing to is that we're gonna see white vision show up in black panther 2 that like he's he's headed to Wakanda for answers because you know that's where Vision was hmm. was made, and also Shuri there like is someone that that he that he knows can, um, like maybe not rebuild rebuild him, but maybe unlock mm-hmm. more or open Acting up. Wise, I would his watch potential. those two just bounce off each other. That would actually yeah. be yeah. super fun. But it hadn't occurred to me at all. Yeah, that, um, I think the interesting thing about that scene, and again, if you don't mind, I just want to. touch on some of the things i didn't like about the last episode go ahead um (laughs) which was that scene was really fun and it was really great robot loop is fantastic (laughs) it was weird that it felt like he was like no like you are a husk and so i'm going to make you whole again by giving you the things that i know i mean the things that he knew were giving or unlocking unlocking whatever i mean i guess it's the soul who knows how to describe it because like it isn't him but it is him he doesn't have the stone but doesn't he have does the mind have stone. the stone like like so like it, what is vision is i mean they but i love they that it great i love it too the but whole the, the line weird. of like i was a voice and then i was what it, is it i was a voice i was a voice without and a then body i was given a, a voice uh, the, yeah a, a body didn't know how to be human but he just said it differently and yeah and now a memory yeah. Like, then, I, I love that. But but when he's actually dealing with uh, vanilla vision, he like <laughs> touches him. And there's a moment where like he his eyes come into view and he becomes whole and he goes, I am vision. And you're like, oh, he, now he's he's got everything. And his choice is to just blast. <laughs> like he, he didn't go and help Wanda. Like and you would think that that would have been a bigger part of what he ended up being considering it was such a big part of the yeah the wanda manifested vision right like so it was, it was a really strange reaction and it it felt like a lot of what that episode nine was which is like we got to end it we got to wrap things up to, like he can't get involved well, at this point because to, it's still to me that that's if, if if white vision had gone in and been like wanda it's me baby 
it, mm-hmm. to me it would have undermined reconciling yeah. that story of sure, vanilla vision up. Yeah, yeah about giving anything up and about her and vanilla vision having to have that goodbye and I, that's the oh wait, story. Which one's Vanilla Vision? I am still confused. <laughs> the red one. <laughs> the red one should be Van, uh, Vision Classic, and and White oh, Vision okay. will be Vanilla Vision. Where I'm going to yeah, take, that's I'm taking think. your term, and we've inverted it. I'm very oh, sorry, okay. but I love yeah. it very much. So. <laughs> yeah, Vanilla yeah, Vision. But I, 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 you're 100 percent right. But I think it's one of those threads where it's like they, 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 they had to get to the point where they needed to, where Wanda ha- could say goodbye to Vision and realize she's given everything up. But they're knowing me the audience knows that there's a vision out there who chose not to go back to her is we is a weird <laughs> thing and then the greater the greater thing is that it would have interrupted the beam fight that two cg characters were having in the sky which is like two this it's like this is my biggest issue with the whole show and it didn't ruin anything for me but it's an MCU problem. It's systemic in the MCU is that anytime they're thinking of a villain, they go, what about a palette swap of the hero? And I get it. You have a hero and you can have the antithesis of that hero. Thusly, a great villain is someone that represents the opposing force of the hero and what the hero needs to find in themselves. I get all those things. It's perfect. But we are at like out of what 20 something movies how many are there we are at the point now where i would say 60 percent of them are palette swaps of the hero but, <laughs> made but, in a computer so my my <laughs> argument i because i get where you're coming from and i told I, i'm with you in that camp so much but i think that the fact that there are multiple visions multiple iterations and leaning into the leaning into the the voice the body the memory they're doing such well, an interesting job of of setting up vision as identity and exploring what the identity of vision means that I totally give it a pass this time. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I'm talking about more than just vision in this case. I'm talking about I know Wanda you are. and Agnes. Well, Wanda right? and Agatha, like, yeah, they're palette swapped too. Agnes, <laughs> Agnes under any other performer would have been a, probably a wet fart villain at the end of this. If it wasn't like, if it wasn't Catherine Hahn, just, Who, d- just destroying just- destroying it every scene leading up to and after the reveal just completely destroys it and that's and that's another thing mcu does is that they will take someone like killmonger who mm-hmm. at the end of black panther becomes a just a straight up palette swap that fight scene i really like that movie but that pat, fight scene at the end is really hard to figure out what the fuck is going on because they look identical there's like one slightly gold it only has resonance because Michael B. Jordan is so fantastic in that movie leading up to it, right? But and so I, they're I very lucky. They, in that sense, like, Black Panther is one of the best examples of why you use that model because it really is about who you'll be and the choices you're making. And, like, it, it I think, needed to be a here's the option I'm not choosing and how that will inform me being king, like against his dad, against Killmonger, looking at all of the women in his life and learning different things from them. Like, I, 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 so I would basically, I think that was absolutely the right choice for Black Panther. It's part of why I enjoy, like, you know, I really liked Doctor Strange. um, And one of the reasons I liked it was like the final confrontation. By that time, I'd heard a lot of people being like, oh, it's always the same, it's always the same. And like this specific final kind of boss fight at the end of Doctor Strange is very much out of that model. Like who he's confronting and how he solves that problem 
are very like, oh, this is a Doctor Strange situation. It's not going to look exactly the same, uh, even mm-hmm. though like he, he was a good sorcerer fighting up against a bad sorcerer for a lot of the movie. Um, so... I other, other I just got distracted defending Black Panther. No, but, no, um, no, I mean, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And Doctor Strange. But it, I, I get what you're saying about wanting to see different variety, and I would have loved to see more about like Agatha Harkness is traditionally a good guy in the comics, uh, and you know oh, who knows maybe she contains. She's got like weird energy. She always seems like she might be kind of a bad guy at any moment, like in a cool witchy old lady way. Um, mm. But she she becomes sort of like she starts out. This is part of why everybody got obsessed with the FF possibilities. She was originally the nanny for the FF baby. <gasps> oh. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You, because, you know, when you need a nanny, you get, like, a cool old witch lady. Uh, you're the mm-hmm. fantastic yeah. one. That's how you roll. <laughs> I'm a nanny um, type. Yeah. And she uh, ends up becoming a kind of a mentor to Scarlet Witch on and off in different ways. Like, it's, it didn't, I didn't mind them having her as the bad guy because she has always seemed like someone who might decide that today that's the thing is go- that's going to happen. Um, but... You are right that I think they, her backstory was sort of thinly sketched in comparison to some of the deep and sophisticated writing they had for for the other characters. Um, and and in a lot of cases, it's a design and execution issue. Mm. Like like I the Black Panther thing is I think Killmonger's design is better before he gets a suit mm. at the end of that movie, right? Like I think I think he he stands out differently. It's thrown together, it's pieced together. It's not clean. It's like messy and it like it still calls back to the African African cultural side of it but in a, in a very different way and i actually like when that movie switches over and then he's just like he's like i have now a black panther suit now i'm like uh, it's the same with like you know fighting whiplash in iron man 2 it, i can't it's it, at night and it's just robots like just this is what keeps james up at each night. other <laughs> and, i know it. and so so like the the agatha reveal she's she's amazing but in the end it is too one slightly red thing and one slightly purple thing floating around in the sky, throwing their respective color beams at each other. And I was like, I was like, like, and it's vision is the same. Like there's literally a point where they're circling in the sky and they're shooting beams at each other. And I'm like, I really wish a show that is so introspective. I would have loved to see a doctor strange, more like a doctor strange finish to it like a mind in battle. a lot of ways i don't know yeah any any Something criticisms like that, of yeah. palace swaps aside i think we can safely confirm that agatha as now imprisoned in the persona of agnes will be back and it will it will be them teaming up like it she has to call <laughs> on her I, I don't know it's i think the question is just where and when like do we think doctor strange in the multiverse of madness are we gonna see her again that, I'm that's really when curious because i i wonder about their planning where Obviously, they're going to hope that you buy Disney Plus and watch WandaVision before you watch Doctor Strange. But they probably have to also design that movie such that people who didn't won't leave it being like, I who was what was all that? Um, Mm -hmm. So I and I wonder, like, how much can you import from what happened in WandaVision? Like you can have Wanda show up and be like, my kids are out there, need to find him. That's pretty easy to explain as much as the rest of it Mm -hmm. is very complicated. Um, I don't know if you can also pull Agatha in without losing, like, the Doctor Strange of it all. Um, although I would love to see mm-hmm. her again, and so therefore uh, will absolutely support yeah. any choice they make and that shoehorns well, her into future stories. For sure. And she did a really fun, like, camp performance job in WandaVision. But by all accounts, what I've been hearing about Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is it's going to be darker. It's going to have horror element, horror scenes, I, I was the way I read it, because Sam Raimi 
got you yeah. know director swapped and he's on now danny elfman is scoring it like it has all these macabre tinges to it and that sure. as someone that wasn't super jazzed but the first one that makes me so excited for this one <laughs> but, yeah but again it's sam raimi right sam raimi and so like, it could be he's, camp. he's the king of cheese he could, like he, 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 will, he will sometimes make an amazing movie and then try and ruin it himself <laughs> by cheesing it up in a lot of ways you know so like I, like, I think I think it's a perfect fit. Let's not forget that that dude, knew, like, we, you know, would we have the superhero golden age without his Spider-Man movies? Uh, I, yeah, yeah. It would look yeah. pretty different. Uh, and so he, Hi. on that level, like, we know he gets it. Um, we don't mm -hmm. know that every single thing is going to go how we want it to go, but it's very interesting to be like, please come back to superheroes, but add that other side of what the stuff you love to do is. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. hopeful for that combo, but you know, who knows? Movies are complicated. Wait, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Like, honestly, since Taika Waititi signed on to do a Thor, like I, <laughs> this is, I'm super, when they Not said Kenneth Sam Raimi's going to take this over. <laughs> I was Brana. Yeah, I mean, he was. He did amazing. Th yeah. I, I honestly thought Thor, the first Thor, was very beautiful. Uh, it was like a Shakespearean epic, which is definitely in his wheelhouse. But like Sam Raimi need, taking on it uh, that. multiverse, it, it couldn't start yeah. out just being a joke. I would have like, oh, and no. even in the first Thor, there's there's a ton of fish out of water comedy. They bring a lot to it. Mm -hmm. They don't make you live in the epic all the time. But like, if you can't invest in the majesty of Odin, throw your whole Thor trilogy away. What <laughs> yeah. are we doing? Like. Yeah, uh, even if you're going to undercut it meaningfully with colonialism in movie three, like that only works because he had dignity in the first place. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yep. sorry. Uh, Thor agree. defense aside. I, no, I, I, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. Perfect. I think it's perfect. No, sorry, I love sorry, I love that you have the passion and the background and the knowledge, Amy, to make the, me excited for these things that I basically <laughs> wrote off as like, I'm never going to watch those again. But now I'm like, maybe I need to revisit that. Well, like, um, let's spend some more time with Darcy. That's just going to be fun, right? Yeah. I, I am looking forward to because we're probably going to see Darcy next in in what like in Thor Love and Thunder I imagine she'll be back. I don't we'll know. We'll see her pop up. I would hope based on know. this that they'll find a way, but I hadn't heard that the plan was that. I don't. What, oh, do y'all know yeah. anything on that front? No, they. they I don't no. think they've re revealed too much information about that movie. Something else I, I wanted to get your opinion on, Amy. We kind of got derailed on the Vision talk, but do you think <laughs> Wonder Man? <laughs> You think white white vision might be, uh, or we'll see even the 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 voice to body to memory get siphoned off even more. I am curious because in some ways, okay. So for people who might not be familiar, uh, the original Vision was created out of the parts of a World War II android and uh, the human brain patterns of a a sometimes Avenger named Wonder Man, Simon Williams, uh, who is hilariously an actor, um, but. It's interesting. They've now given essentially Vanilla Vision, as we've stolen the name uh, and are yeah. using it, has just gotten his memories unlocked by Classic Vision, um, uh, who's actually Memory Vision. So I don't know. My scheme is falling apart now. Uh, <laughs> he's gotten his memories unlocked by that. But in that way, he now closely resembles that original sort of like I am made out of somebody else's memories and emotions and my own robot parts. And I have to figure out what that means for me as a semi-person. So they don't need a Simon Williams to make that story work. Um, but obviously, I'll be thrilled if he shows up because yeah. he's hilarious. Well, I wonder even if, like, maybe they just deviate from that prep. Like, he becomes Wonder Man, but not from the origins of Simon Williams. And so it's like, oh, he goes to Wakanda and gets souped up, and now he's he's not just Vanilla Vision, he's Wonder Man or something oh, like that. Like on the name himself. Yeah. could I don't Maybe I'm just far-reaching because I don't have this this you know wealth of knowledge and i'm just like a weird 
uh, <laughs> like outsider. No, but that's awesome. They need new ideas. They can't just keep uh, sticking with those of us being like, well, here's how it went in issue 268. Like, you gotta yeah. actually have new <laughs> ideas as well. And I dig it. And I'm also yeah. excited. I think, you know, Monica Rambeau, I, she's going to meet Nick Fury, right? That's where she's, she's, she's going to be in Captain Marvel too, right? I yeah. think she might be going to meet Talos, the Ben Mendelsohn character. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's one of those two. But I guess she would have gotten a page. But they they established was... that Nick Fury like <laughs> hangs out in space with them now. Yeah. Like that's like a, a weird established thing. Which right? I love. So, yeah. Here's here's before we get any more scrolls, we got to figure out how to get the prosthetics to fit in their mouth so it doesn't <laughs> cause them to not be able to speak. Oh, no. I had not noticed that... this. I'm not always as, as attentive to some of these things. <laughs> Uh, but I will I just, hardly co-sign if it's getting in the way of, of them doing their jobs. I, I'm a Mendel head. Okay. <laughs> I love I love him and everything. Son of he's Mendel. In. I he's one of my fave one one of my faves. I, I love him being integrated into the MCU, but it drove me crazy that whatever prosthetics he was wearing, he couldn't speak. And I'm like, we're at the point now where we can figure that I watched Lord <laughs> of the Rings and these orcs are reading reciting Shakespeare no problems whatsoever, and yet yeah, I don't know. No, that's that it. makes sense. That's my own, that's my early criticism. I feel there. like Captain Marvel was really my. I, I must have seen him in stuff, but I feel like it was substantially my introduction. So I fell hard for. I was like, this guy's great. I <laughs> I could watch this this friendly scroll all day long. He's super fun. So I he, like yeah. I've already. He, I mean, for for obvious reasons of loving Carol Danvers, I've been long very excited for this movie, and everything that they add to it makes me more excited like loving Monica like I honestly if I could live in a world where I hadn't known that Tiana Paris was actually playing Monica Rambeau the grown-up version of little Monica like if if mm -hmm. that had just landed on me as a total surprise we wouldn't be having mm -hmm. this conversation because I would have dropped dead like uh, <laughs> I, I I'm segueing into supporting cast now but like that I really loved like her flashback episode about going mm -hmm. through the blip, connecting the dots to Captain Marvel, um, leading up like the arc that sort of begins with getting ejected, and, like delivering those babies, getting ejected, fighting your way back in, getting superpowers to do it, and then like the sequence of going through the barrier and hearing the lines from Captain Marvel. Uh, that mm -hmm. was that was my like joyful weeping. I it was like keeping the promise that they made in that first movie where you're like, this is really mm -hmm. cute, but will they ever really deliver on baby Monica? Or are they, am I just going to have to live the rest of my life being like, well, that would have been cool, but you never had a mm -hmm. chance to follow up. That was like another of the things overall taking from the show. Well, I would have loved for her to have more to do in the end and some time to react to having powers. And I'm greedy. I want everything. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know so if it like, if it gives the MCU points or takes them away that the, the new properties have to better inform and the old ones and make them better. Like, I don't know mm. if that's an achievement or a drawback. <laughs> like, I really can't tell. Really good point. Um, I think we're in uncharted territory, right? Like, like at some point, once, once the volcano erupts and covers our society in ash, mm. freezing Any us moment. in the compromising positions, and then some other society comes back and then finds the things we've been consuming. Number one, no, they'll there'll be missing pieces. So something like WandaVision will just have gone missing and then it'll just have to be implied by historians of the time that there's a missing piece and we're aware of a missing piece. So we can only assume what's in there. But I do think that it will basically it'll be like a whole different kind of storytelling that, that they'll have to wrap their heads around when they're 
breaking into the MCU. Uh, I wish that we was could a long metaphor. talk about this all day, but I, I think we do have to wrap up. Do, do both of you have any closing thoughts, statements, you know, what you're looking forward to? I had a, I had a blast. It made me love watching uh, week to week television again with this show. I think it made me excited for what's next to come. I, I do think that we're always going to be running into issues of when something is a, is just a piece of a bigger of a bigger, more important, larger goal. Mm-hmm. And I think some of those some of those uh, issues showed up in in this show, but they weren't enough to ruin it for me or even spoil it in any way. I ate it all up and I, I really it made me like the characters that are involved way more. So that's so cool. I uh, just a promise to your audience. I don't love everything. I just have a lot more fun talking about <laughs> what I like. Um, and I like most things, to be fair. Uh, I thank you so much for having me on to talk about this. This was a blast. And obviously, I could talk about it for 17 more hours, apparently. Um, I want you to come back, if you will. I, I feel like we that. can yeah. talk about more. Um, I will say, in terms of what I'm looking forward to, I don't know when or how they are going to keep that promise they made to the audience right at the end where she hears what I think were the voices of the kids out there. Um, mm-hmm. And this, if you if you absolutely want to have no idea what's coming in the MCU, uh, even as a guest, stop listening now. But like comic book heads, we were uh, just dying week by week throughout the series in part because we've seen those kids before. They, they were summoned into existence in the comics. They got brutally wiped out of existence in the comics. And again, Alan Heinberg and Jim Chung came along and were like, we are going to take delicious, delicious continuity and make a stew, and we're going to call it Young Avengers. It's one of my favorite series of all time. There are a few different runs of them. They are literally all good, which is great and rare. Um, and we already know we're going to see some of the characters they brought in for that. But if you would like to know why anyone would be that excited about those kids' Halloween costumes, please read Young Avengers. I don't know how they're going to make good on this, but they, they got to eventually, because that promise they definitely made to us as an audience, so I will be holding them to it, and I'm very excited. Uh, I'm probably going to like get the first Young Avengers now, which I never thought I would say <laughs> 90 minutes ago. hate it, I'm very sorry, but <laughs> no, no, I, really, no. I really hope you dig it. It's from I, like 2005-ish, uh, and it was one, okay. at the time it was like some new team of kids and i'm i read every some new team of kids book like like i love that stuff um we we had no idea that it would be like and someday this will sow so many important seeds uh for a major movie franchise just the last thing on anyone's mind at that point in time uh which hopefully will make it even more delightful i love that um for me like it's been said to death that this was a great exploration of grief Mm. um i i love that and something i didn't really think about going into wandavision was you know in Endgame, Thor got his closure going back to see his mother. Iron Man and Pepper Potts said their goodbye. Captain got to rewrite his history and 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 go back to the woman that he loved. And like Wanda was left just desperately isolated on an island in her grief. And I, I never really thought that I would want or need this story, but it was like it was so wonderful. And God bless the multiverse because Alfred Molina, we're coming for you. <laughs> coming for you Milena and I couldn't be more excited it's just I I do think that we're in the the era of anything goes com- mm-hmm. it, you know if you I, I love that these movies can now take chances on not necessarily assuming that the audience needs to have watched the previous 20 movies because there's no way so like why you know why the fuck not let like let's do it who who could have known that one giant conglomerate owning everything <laughs> could yield such beautiful results <laughs> <laughs> It's an absolute disaster. 
disaster on like the capitalism front, but it's so weird as <laughs> yeah. a Marvel fan to be like, you just fixed something that was a problem for 20 years because it always mm -hmm. was weird to us that these characters couldn't talk to each other. So I have to mm -hmm. be very worried and very thrilled at the same time. It's a weird, weird time. Well, yeah, Amy, yeah. thank you so much for lending <laughs> us your knowledge and insight and passion and love of all these things. I, I, it's one of my favorite things about you. I love it. And, and, and yeah, I think like, I know we, we talked about this because it's timely, but I would love if you just want to come back and talk about more of this MCU Anytime. stuff. This was, this was a delight. I will apparently try to make you like all of the movies you didn't like, which uh, I, truly it is fine. If that's you what you're kind of doing. <laughs> what's your, what's your favorite, what's your top five? I don't want to put you on the spot. Oh. If you could, to anything that you think might qualify for your top five non-committal you will not be held accountable for those decisions, but they're off the top of your head. All right, clearly have to answer this for this in the afterlife, but uh, uh, it's, I mean, it, it feels unfair to, to like, Infinity War and Endgame are, for me, completely mm -hmm. unique movie experiences that, like, there's there's nothing you could even compare them to. Uh, they worked mm -hmm. real, real well, and they paid off 10 years of investment in a particularly special way that, like, it feels like that doesn't even count. Um, mm -hmm. uh, if a, a historical changes and and different other feelings notwithstanding i'll never forget the experience of watching the first avengers in theaters um mm -hmm. that was a big like i didn't know that you could that was the the first real in, in a lot of ways of the i can't believe you pulled this off and got regular people to care about the, the avengers mm -hmm. like kids you yeah. don't remember this but they were not cool um comic yeah. book fans love them but they weren't even a-list in the comics uh it's it's a long story uh let's see Captain Marvel. I, I love her. I know mm -hmm. it was a mixed bag for folks. I like it more every time I see it. They had a lot of work to do on that movie, but there's a lot of stuff that I loved very much, uh, and I, mm -hmm. I, I it's dear to me. Um, Thor Ragnarok is amazing. Uh, and I guess Winter Soldier, probably, because it's just, mm -hmm. like, movie-movie-wise, incredible. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, but like I didn't put Black thriller. Panther on the list. <laughs> I don't know, y'all. You get to count... You Well, you count the Infinity War Endgame as one. <laughs> And then, yeah. and then from there, you'd have the extra spot for Black Panther. Yeah, Cat Panther, Winter Soldier, Perfect. and Ragnarok. Probably, uh, I'll have to answer this in the afterlife. My my top. Amy, if no people, accountability here. If people <laughs> want to hear you talk in depth about this more and watch play games and and all of that, where can they do that? Uh, thank you. I am Enthusiamy, like enthusiast, but with my name on the end. Uh, pretty much everywhere on the internet, including on Twitch, where we play new games, old games, very old games. Uh, I have a book club. We just finished reading Hitchhiker's Guide because I was like, oh. I need something purely oh, yeah. happy. <laughs> I saw you doing that, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, which was real fun. And uh, we just started doing a discussion show because I got like to episode six or seven in WandaVision, and I was like, I will explode if I don't uh, do this. Mm -hmm. So we'll probably roll that into Winter Soldier and keep going and just talk comic book background and uh, genre TV. Well, thank you so much fun. again so for fun. joining. This was a blast. And to everybody watching and listening, thank you. And we'll see you next week in the multiverse with Alfred Melina. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Melina.